Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pepper for Your Steak. My name is Maverick Matthews. This is phase three, or season three to the layperson. A lot going on in the country. I offer you another reprieve from the storm. Uh, I will do some kind of podcast talking about the election, but I am not interested in trying to figure out what's going on. It is a disaster. I don't support either party. This is, you know, I'm not going on the record as some kind of anarchist. I'm just saying, like, I, I fear for my country, and I want it to correct itself, but I read a lot of history, and so I'm not going to get into this now, but I will say that um, we will definitely do some kind of evaluation later, hopefully with guests and stuff like that. But in the meantime, for today, on a more positive, well, sort of a positive note, there is a lot of heavy content in here, but it came my way really organically. I got mentioned on another show, and I want to speak to that because it was pretty cool in a weird way, in a sad way. The content is sad as fuck. But it's not like people dying or anything. It's just like when you see a person who's trapped in their life and they don't realize they're – maybe they do realize. We'll, we'll see. You be the judge. Anyway, a lot of cool stuff in here. Got an interview from a professional snowboarder in here. We have another electronic music DJ mix. Uh, we have – an examination of Kanye West's interview with Joe Rogan uh, because I, I made some comments on some podcasts about it and Bishop Larry Gators ended up commenting on it. So I have that clip in here. Pretty cool. Shout out to Shane and Kenny from Hold Up Wait a Minute podcast. Uh, what else is in here? I'm mostly excited about the electronic music because all this other stuff is really just packaging for that. So feel free to skip ahead and exercise if you need to. But I'll be, as usual, releasing this as a DJ mix very soon. First one of the new year. Thank you for being here. 2020, obviously, no comment necessary. But what we're going to do is have some heaviness, some lightness, some exercise, some fun, hopefully, some yucks. Phase three, pepper for your steak. Pepper for Your Steak is an adult podcast for those aged 25 years and older. Scientists and doctors tell me that that's the age that your frontal cortex is finally fully formed, whatever that means. Supposedly, that's when your brain is finished cooking. I'm not recommending anything in here, and I certainly don't accuse anybody of anything. This is all a work of fiction, fantasy, and entertainment. Enjoy. They put you on this shit because you were exhausted. What did they put you on? Um. Um. You know, I'm. I can. I can research. I'm. I'm. I'm actually forgetting the exact medication okay. that okay. they had. Um. Well, what did it do? Yeah. To you? Uh. You, the main thing that it did is it destroyed my confidence. It made me this shell of who I really am. It like grayed over my eyes. It, it, it made me, it made the Mustang not buck anymore. Mm. Soul is not like breath or blood or bone, and it can be taken in ways no man understands. We thought we had something different here, you see. See, we live in 
very fragile and precious experiment in democracy. And we live in an empire that is experiencing profound decline. Reptilian agenda. Okay, well, let's talk about the reptiles. So you're saying the reptilians are luring humans to, like, Hawaii, to, vaca- to vacation spots? The news is to scare white people. I've said this for years. To live this life, you can't live the life everyone else lives. You're not going to be partying on the weekends. You're going to be performing on the weekends. You're not going to be watching the big uh, game on a Thursday night because you'll be in a club. You have to have that mindset that you don't belong. You don't go to the rhythm of the rest of the world. Serious podcast for a serious year. My name is Maverick Matthews. This is season three of, or excuse me, episode, uh, phase, phase. I can't even stick to my own military lingo. Phase, phase three of pepper fruit steak. I think seven episodes a year is reasonable if you're handcrafting them like a, like a boutique vodka, not from Russia. I don't drink any Russian vodka anymore, by the way. I'm becoming super nationalist. Just kidding, farmers. I'll take your products. Um, don't don't worry. This is a mostly politics-free episode, but nothing in the world is politics-free. So politics is just, according to Hunter Thompson, the art of controlling your environment. Write that quote down. Hunter Thompson. Politics is the art of controlling your environment. I stumbled on the Kanye stuff while I was driving a commercial set from Los Angeles to New York with a co-driver, Deshaun. Shout out to Deshaun. Incidentally, the commercial shot on the set that we delivered is actually kind of famous now. It was directed by Ryan Reynolds, and it features the devil matching with uh, 2020. Uh, haha, you know, get it? And a lot of different uh, little, it's, it's, it's amazing. Shout out to Ryan Reynolds and uh, Johnny Love, production designer, and uh, Luis Diaz. Sorry, I didn't intend for this to be a shout out episode. It's just kind of becoming that. A lot of people involved in my life right now, and I just want to say thank you to them. So these are all the people who are giving me opportunity. I appreciate that. Anyway, so uh, I was driving that match.com set to New York with my co-driver, Deshaun. Deshaun Boyce, shout out. Deshaun's story's crazy. He, he comes from the hood. His mother was shot six times in her stomach at a gas station robbery uh, while she was pregnant with him. And he survived and was born. He's deaf in one ear because of it. His story's heartbreaking. He's an amazing dude. I felt super lucky to spend four days with him. The next episode is actually featuring an interview uh, with Deshaun, so look forward to that. But but Deshaun and I spent so much time on the road, we were looking for material to listen to, and I mentioned Bishop Larry Gators. Now, the bishop, my understanding, uh, is that he started off as a famous radio DJ and then moved into the arena of truth uh, and being inquisitive. And... Uh, He's on the fringe. He has some very aggressive theories, and you're going to hear some right away. But the point I want to make is he he speaks a lot about 
the manipulation of the black community. And he studies a lot of history. He's extremely well-researched. And I have to put a little disclaimer in here because the bishop's material is extremely controversial in many ways. But he, and I definitely am not on board with all of it, but he, uh, he does present enough information that is super compelling for me to want to keep listening to him. Um, I think this is the nature of our whole experience, folks. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And every human being's perspective is a combination of three things. This comes from Pythagoras, who got it from Egypt. It is one, part true, two, part false, and three, part meaningless. Pythagoras thought there are three parts to everything, and when it comes to human communication, he believed that every kind of communication was part true, part false, and part meaningless. It is up to you to determine which parts that is. Even when you're talking to your friends. Right now we're living, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox here. I'm going to get back to that trip. But I do want to say really briefly, you know, right now we're living in a time where if you bring something up to someone, they automatically think you believe it. I'm not telling you I believe anything I'm presenting here to you. I'm just saying, isn't this interesting? Isn't the world we live in fascinating? Isn't the world around us amazing? And you have to have that inquisitive mind. And you have to stay positive. Otherwise, the world will make you crazy because there's some sad stuff happening. Anyway, that's just my opinion. When you start deciding what to censor, that goes down rabbit holes quick. There's no censorship in people's ideas, folks. There is only censorship in people's actions. Please contemplate that statement. All right, here we go back to the whatever. If you want to go find out who he is, go find all his podcasts on Tinfoil Hat Podcast, hosted by Sam Tripoli with Xavier Guerrero and Johnny, Mr. Nice Water. Um, they were nice enough to have me on. And that's one of the ways I got into this conversation with all these people. So, And also shout out to Sleepy Nick Hinton, who we're going to hear from later. Uh, he's so sleepy. Uh, and you'll find out why later in the show. But shout out to all my friends in Inquisition who are just trying to figure out what's going on by sharing the information nobody wants to seem to look at or talk about for some reason because it's scary. And it is a little bit depressing, let's be honest. So, you know, trigger warning. This is heavy stuff, but it comes from their mouths. I, I don't. This is not an editorial. We're going to hear it straight from Kanye's mouth. All I did was pull some stuff out of his interview. And if you really want to hear how interesting this guy is, You're going to hear a lot about Kanye in the future because he's now become a puppet, a major puppet. He's going to create a mega church. He's going to run for office if that still happens in our country. And he's probably going to win. He's going to become a power structure. So it would be more accurate for me to say, I am afraid of this power structure. And I think you would agree with me after you listen to this interview. I'm sorry, Kanye. I know I, I can tell that you've had a horrific path uh, in a lot of ways. No human being should ever be medicated against their will. And he says it straight up in this podcast. So listen close. And here we go. Starting out with the bishop. Maverick Matthews, Pepper Free Steak, Season 3, starting out a little heavy. But this year started out heavy. <laughs> go check the books. Here we go. You're getting with you guys. So God bless you. What a robust conversation. 
You said it. Thank you so much, Bishop. Love you. Thanks for spending time with us, man. I know, Like you said, I know you're booked up all the time and love having you on, love talking with you. I was super excited. got to see you and talk with you today. Did you guys, did you guys learn anything today that you never knew before? Uh, more than I can even remember. I, I, right got a, I, got, I got a notebook. I just wrote down a whole I bunch gotta, of notes and names. Go I got to look People up. say, well, what does that have to do with them and all these backgrounds? See, people don't realize. See, they're lazy psychologically. So they've been dumbed down to keep up with the Kardashians, those witches. They've been dumbed down to follow uh, this devil, LeBron James. I'm telling them to, I'm telling them to make a stop calling LeBron James king. He is not king. You look at LeBron James' chest, it's got that boule tattoo. LeBron James is a part of the deep state who knew, 100% knew, that Kobe Bryant was going to be taken out. See, so these are, def- these, are de- these people through Nike. And, you see... LeBron James is a slave. That's why when you go back to the 1863 uh, Emancipation Proclamation, well, there's a difference between emancipation versus liberation. The system, they don't want black people to be liberated. They want black people to be controlled. That's what emancipation means. So LeBron James is a rich slave who is at the control of the Chinese deep state. I, got me started I know you got to run, but I got to ask. Thing. He just wrote it out, and somebody asked me, wait, what about, because you mentioned all those guys, what about Kanye? He talked about getting Oh, yes, yes. So, on, you know, Joe, I, been... on Joe Rogan, he said it. I got someone, shout yeah, out to ahead. Maverick, who sent it to me, but he said it on Joe Rogan, uh, talked about being buck broken. Oh, he said that? Yeah, Rogan, they made the wild Mustang stop bucking. That's right. It, it it made me, it made the Mustang not buck anymore. Mm. <laughs> See, buck, we look at buck breaking. <laughs> when you go, and to your audience who are not familiar with the term, I think I brought this up when I was on your show the first I, time. I think it was the first time, yeah. Yeah, first time. See, buck breaking goes back as early as the 1600s um, throughout the global uh, transatlantic slave trade. Now, through the global transatlantic slave trade that goes back to the 1600s, all the way up until 1865, um, through the ratification of the, th- of the 13th Amendment, thus abolishing slavery, when in actuality, technically, the thir- 13th Amendment was never ratified, which means black people technically are still on the plantation. So buck breaking represents those slaves who could not be controlled were sent down to the, to the Caribbean islands. We're talking about Jamaica. Uh, Cuba, St. Martinique, the Bahamas, okay? So these slaves were stripped down naked, men and women who cannot be controlled. And they were tied down to the ground, chest first, and they were molested by the slave master. A male slave would be raped by a male slave owner. A female slave would be raped by a female slave owner. So thereby, they were raped in front of their families and other men and women as a warning to them that you're nothing but a beast. And so Kanye West got tired of being buck broken. Kobe Bryant got tired of being buck broken. So did uh, Chadwick Boseman. And that's the thing about what you put in the universe, even a thought, you know, you put that thought into the universe. It's another thing to say something negative and put that into the universe is another thing to see someone being raped 
you know, that's the reason why I compare what's happening to in the music industry to Me Too, because artists are raped. You've heard that term before. Mm-hmm. I'm not. This is not like I'm. This is not like a new thing that I'm making up. Uh, they they told me I was bipolar, and I remember going on TMZ and saying, you know, slavery is a choice, and they medicated me for saying that, for having that opinion and saying it out loud. What did they put you on? Um, um, you know, I'm, I can, I can research. I'm, I'm, I'm actually forgetting the exact medication okay. that okay. they had, um, but what did it do? Yeah. Uh, you, the main thing that it did is it destroyed my confidence. It made me this shell of who I really am. It like grayed over my eyes. It 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 made me. It made the Mustang not buck anymore. Mm-hmm. Can you explain yeah. what you're talking about with Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee. Like, what, I, I lost you there. Okay, so Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee were both murdered. You know, I'm mindful of that stuff. You mm-hmm. think about like Bob Marley. They didn't just JFK or MLK. Michael Jackson not waking up one day, Prince not waking up one day, Bruce and Brandon Lee, Bob Marley, all of these things are have crossed my mind, you know, as I'm going and saying, I need to innovate what these contracts are, not just for me, but for all artists. It's not about me getting my masters back. It's about, it's about, uh, freedom. I don't know what kind of reaction people are going to have to this. I'm not trying to be controversial. I mean, I actually sit a lot closer to this than people know. I mean, this is crazy. Prince and I were dating the same girl the summer before he died. And it was a brief romance, but I remember very vividly saying, hey, what you know? What are you doing this weekend? She's like, oh, I'm Going to Minnesota. I'm like, what? We're both short, by the way. It's everyone's short. All three of us. Short people. Just short people dating. And wearing fabulous clothing. Nothing you can do about it. But I, I gotta be honest with you. When I found out she was also dating Prince, I, I mean, it's, it's ob- I mean, it's not surprising. But I want, I want, I was like, wow. <laughs> my dick turned off and my heart turned on and I was like, I want to meet that artist. I want to meet him. He can win. He can win. He can win you. And that's what lets me know that I was, ha- this is a casual relationship Whether I wasn't in love with this woman. We were exploring each other's consciousnesses and we decided to make it physical and we knew that what we were doing and, I, and God bless her. I, I respect the shit out of this woman. She's awesome and she continues to kick ass in Hollywood. Proud of her. I'm not going to out her because that's personal stuff, but it wouldn't be that hard to figure out. But anyway, uh, I was crushed, destroyed, and con- and deeply connected to that man when he died. A lot of conversation was had about that man. These are not... Oh. There are power structures in place here that take advantage of people. 
all I can hear are cries for help. But the ego of this individual is so powerful that it's like, we don't need help. We're going to push forward. And that's what has been harnessed, and that's what is about to be controlled. It's very easy. Human condition is so fragile. And, of course, you know, people were not thrilled to hear Kanye promoting a write-in ballot in an election that was already uh, pretty hairy. So let's pivot here and try to get back to the comedy. I'm sorry, I needed to present that. It's weighed on me heavy. I've thought about it a lot. I've contemplated it a lot. I've, I've tried to figure out if it is a quote-unquote billionaire subconsciously revealing the fact that he's mired in the same system that 50 Cent writes about, you know, at length. 50 Cent, another guy who was shot on the street and who said the hood is nothing compared to the music industry. A guy who supposedly, seemingly, had it all and I guess also fell from grace. Haven't heard much from him lately. Why do all the greats fall? Power structures. All right, let's try to pivot. How do we do it? How do we bring the comedy? Well, the comedy lies in the insanity. When people say, is Jay crazy? Is Jay a narcissistic? Is Jay an egomaniac? Is Jay self-absorbed? Is Jay all these? No, Jay know who Jay is. I know who I am. So Kanye. The birthday if party. you vote for Kanye, just yeah. seriously, like, you're a piece of shit. I think they should actually take those people aside and go, hey, you guys got to go to prison for a year. Yeah. Like, that was really stupid what you did. And, and we're sending Kanye with you. And we're sending Kanye with you. Yeah. I guess we just lost our ch chance of getting. This has been a very volatile, hot button episode. I, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if this was. Cancelled? <laughs> okay. All right, all right. At the, uh, at the uh, interests of doing something relaxing and more comedic. Let's check in with a friend of mine who was super excited to hear from me. But there's a kind of a big reveal here. All right. And then right after that, the secret segment will begin. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, there's programs that can figure out what the numbers are. Sorry. Hello? Hey, brah. How you doing? Is this an emergency? No. Are you okay? I'm just trying to sleep. Uh, no, man, not an emergency at all. Just hadn't heard from you in a while and wanted to... Yeah, no, I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to talk to you today. I thought you'd, I thought you'd be calling, but, because we were texting on Instagram, so I figured you'd call at some point, but, yeah, I pulled an all-nighter and it's 11 here, so I'm trying to go to bed. Hell yeah, man, crash it out. So I'm... Yeah, I'll, but yeah, we can talk tomorrow, but just... Did you pull an all-nighter for time. any, for I'm... any cool reasons? To finish the book. Is it finished? Yeah. Boners. But I have to. I'll publish it. 
I'll publish it tomorrow. Like, publish the PDF and then send it to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't stress on it. I- I'm just excited to read it. Yeah, no, I can't wait for you to read it. Okay, Big Bear. Well, crash it out. We'll definitely catch up tomorrow. I just, I, I wasn't sure if you had, if you, like, had to tell me something urgent. So I wanted to answer. But yeah, I'm just going to go back to bed. I do need to tell you something urgently. Happy, happy holidays, buddy. Well, you mean a lot to me. Oh, thank you. Happy holidays to you, too. All right, pal. Sweet, I love you. Sweet, <laughs> sweet dreams and sleep snuggly. Okay, I will. <laughs> All right, we'll talk soon. Later. <laughs> no homo. Later. Later. <laughs> Nick Hinton, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have to get his permission to fucking play that. Okay, and I am proud to say permission granted. Put on your fucking spacesuit and salute Nick Hinton. Permission granted. By the way, uh, the book we were talking about is called The Aquarian Singularity, and you can get it by DMing Nick Hinton. Uh, Nicholas, old honky-tonk Hinton. You can get it by DMing him on any of his social media platforms. He has a lot of followers. He won't be hard to find. I I will now read you. I will read you. I will now read you. Okay. I'm about to release upon you an interview from an incredible friend of mine, Jake Kalinda, whom I have known since we both um, taught snowboarding at Angel Fire Resort in northern New Mexico, a tiny resort in a pocket of elegant snow. Uh, The town sits almost at 9,000 feet, and the resort hits almost 11. So the snow is clean and super dry, and some of the best conditions. It's in a strange little pocket. The politics of the town are a disaster. And that's neither here nor there. And, you know, Jake and I are going to talk a lot about a guy named Michael Johnstone. If you go back in the uh, Pepper Free State catalog, you can hear an incredible interview with Mike. Mike is no longer with us. I'm going to try not to have a hard time talking about him. But Mike was a mentor of mine and uh, and of Jake's. And he he actually was an incredibly influential person in the, in the snowboarding world. And he opened... He, okay, so he, uh, uh, he was a partner in a snowboarding shop called Experience Snowboards in the town of Angel Fire, uh, right, you know, adjacent to Taos. And they ran a campaign to open that mountain, open that mountain to snowboarding because (laughs) it seems so crazy now at one point. The idea existed like, hey, let's keep snowboarders off our mountain and let's keep it just skiing. By the way, there's still a handful of mountains that uh, (laughs) we love to hate each other for any reason, don't we? We really love to. I'm going to tell you, Jake Kalinda, he's one of the nicest people you will ever meet. He's a career snowboarder. And if anybody could be, uh, <laughs> like, they could put on the vest and be like, I represent snowboarding. This guy would be our best choice. 
he's the nicest person in the universe. And I love him to death. And I got to meet him teaching snowboarding and angel fire. And we both, <laughs> we, we had an amazing experience. He is so much better than me at the, at, at the board, but he's, he's such a good person that it doesn't, it means nothing. Because that's not, we're all out here to play. It's about playing and having fun and truly engaging with Mother Nature. If you've never had that experience, save your shekels. Do whatever it takes to engage with Mother... With, listen, you can do it by trail running. You can just go barefooted. It costs nothing. But if you can find a way to get some snowboarding equipment and take some lessons and learn the sport and engage with the mountain. I've been doing it for 20 years and I, I barely have scratched the surface. It is, it's the equivalent of any art form, painting, writing. It's a dialogue with nature. conversation with your mother and Jake is such a sensitive person you can hear that gentle talk in his voice and so I'm going to shut up now and uh, introduce Jake Kalinda professional snowboarder and these are some of his secret stories you know Snowboarding means a lot of different things to different people. Maybe you could start by talking about what it means to you. Like, there's different kinds of snowboarders, you know? Well, to me, I mean, for me, what snowboarding means is just that exhale. And that's, like, kind of the best way that I can describe it. It's just you can exhale, and you're free to do what you want. It's a blank canvas. I know that's probably very uh, cliche to say.
doing it, and we all have the same interest in snowboarding. Um, I remember once when we were, there was a guy, we were all sitting around in, in Chile at uh, El Colorado. We were all having a beer and some papas fritas, which is just um, french fries. And then we all took the tea bar back up. And we all just wanted one last trick of the day. And it, but it was just so cool. There was a guy from Switzerland. There was me from New Mexico. There was a guy from Washington, from the States. There was a guy from Denmark. There was a guy from Chile. You can still find these videos online. There is, he made an actual video. A guy from France. The guy from France was the one that was filming it. And we all just vibed out on just having a good time and just being stoked on snowboarding and I didn't land a trick that day at all but you still you still charged them and crashed is what you're saying yeah yeah you know I, I was going for it but for some reason I couldn't just get my feet underneath me and it was so frustrating that I like I all these tricks that I was trying to do, I just couldn't put my feet underneath me, even though I've, I've done them a million times. I just couldn't make it work. That's an interesting point to talk about because, like, this is a pretty common thing that happens with, like, people who are performing at a super intense high-level state. It's, I've heard it called the yips before by Southerners, where, like, just something gets in your head and you have an off day. Is there a name for that? Uh, is that the Captain Morgan? I really don't know what the name is, but I will just name it uh, a good time. Dude, that's impressive, man. You kind of suicided it, though. You're pissed. You're like, fuck, I don't care if I break my legs because they're no good. No, uh, yeah, like I, I was younger, so I, I didn't, I didn't realize what could hurt me or what couldn't. And I was just like, I know I can do this. You know, it was just kind of time to just do a Hail Mary, you know, at the end of the day. Just go for it. You know, might as well end out with a bang. 
yeah, it's interesting, man. Like I have a slightly older perspective just because I'm physically older. Um, and then like what happens is once you have, I don't know, it, maybe it's just having a kid. Now that I'm like, I have to achieve like milestones and I want to kind of like last as long as I can. It kind of sucks in a, in one way. Not, none of it sucks. That's not the way to articulate it. It's tricky to think about because uh, I can't charge the mountain. And, and like there's an argument to be made. You still should and all that. But at a certain point, it becomes like disrespectful, right, to the fact that I have a kid. Like I can't be free soloing El Cap. You know, I think that's... Uh, I wouldn't say disrespectful. What, what do you mean by that? Well, it's hard to understand until you have a kid because, like, it's my responsibility to raise him, so I can't go fuck around with my own life. I wouldn't say that's disrespectful. I would just say that, you know, you... I mean, your your kid is gonna, you know, <clears throat> try to murder you because you're his dad. And if he sees you killing it, you know, doing the best that you can, I think that's awesome. Oh, I was kind of going in the direction of, like, uh, endangering yourself. Um, well, like, what's the most dangerous trick you've ever tried? Do you think that's the most dangerous trick you've ever tried? Uh, no. What's the most dangerous? The most dangerous um, was a one-footed backflip, Rodeo 5. Where was... Okay, set it up for us. Which I ate shit on. Oh, my God. Did you get an injury from it? I rattled my brain, but luckily no... Like, key patrol, no type of injury. Were you wearing a helmet? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. It was required. I was, it was in Valle Nevado, Chile. So we were told in the beginning of the day that we needed to be there at 7.30 for practice. And we were, like, the open-class men, like the older guys, the guys that were going to show up and blow up. And, uh, and so we showed up. We woke up early, had our breakfast, normal day. But we didn't actually end up making our first runs until like four. So we had so much time to goof around. and like There was a lot of in-between time that we just hit some power laps and just hit some moguls or just hit some regular runs. It was all good time. And so I got comfortable because I was so relaxed from from all of that extra time in the middle. And I said, screw it. I'm going to go for a one-footed rodeo five. Was this before or you or after you'd landed that other one-footed? No, I never landed it. Oh, the one that you tried, like that you the, only you, Sean White, and everybody else, like it was the last trick of the day. You landed that. Oh no, no, no like, just, like so, so the one footed that I did was just a straight air, one footed grab, and I landed that, and that was awesome. But but this time I was going um, inverted. I was going rodeo five, um, one footed, but the one before I landed. Okay, but there was no trick, and so when you went to go for the trick, you fucking wrecked. Oh, I ate shit. I rattled my brain like... Did you take time off after that? Yeah, no, I actually called the family that I was staying with, and I said, uh, I need you guys to pick me up. 
anything for the magazine, for the competition. Yeah. I knew it was bad when they all ran down to say if I was okay, to ask if I was okay. And it uh, just, all the adrenaline didn't hit until later. Because at first I was just like, oh, this, I tried this, it didn't work. I didn't know it hurt yet until. I know that feeling, man, when like an injury's hot, but it's weird with your head, you know? Uh, but when an injury's warm and you're like, oh, it's still good, I'm, it's warm. But it hurts, but like when it cools off later, oh, God. So how long do you think uh, it was until you were like riding normally again? Well, with that, I was younger, so I didn't really know my boundaries. So I definitely went maybe a week after. Um, but I definitely took my precautions. But I definitely, I think that I could have been more cautious than I was. That just comes with the age, you know, like the perspective you're articulating. How old are you now, Jake? 30. Oh, when was your birthday? 4390. 43, April, right? Yeah. Yep. Nice, man. 30. Trying to remember. Jerry Lynn and Johnson were there when I uh, ruptured my kidney. Was that that same injury? No, that was a different one. Tell me about that one, just because I, I like to think about those epic Michael Johnstone and Jerry Lynn Salazar like to be in there. Yeah, so, uh, so Johnson was always one to have his camera out. You know, just taking really awesome pictures. He always was into it, man. He took the best picture of me that's ever been yeah. taken, snowboarding. Yeah, no, he, he always had, like, the best pictures. He always had great landscapes and everything. And so I always knew in the back of my... I was living with them um, off, like, a little tiny little, little house. In Argentina? No, in Chile. Chile, excuse me. And... Uh, and so I was actually about to go down to southern Chile, you know, to go ride Portillo or Gian. I was about to go do that. And Pato, who I'm sure you remember, he was a ski instructor at Angel Fire. Oh, yeah. Um, and Ishmael, I, they're all still there. I still keep in contact with them. Nice. But uh, Pato, Pato actually specifically said, you're about to go down south, but this is your last day to fuck up, which I really have no idea why he said that, like as if like I meant to screw up. <laughs> but it turns out he was right, and so it had just known just enough to make everything a little bit slower. Mm. Like there was, like it wasn't a powder day. It wasn't. There was just a little three inches. No. To make like the takeoff a little bit slower to where it was hard to read. But Johnstone said, Hey, I'm bringing out the camera. And so. I'm breaking out the camera! Yeah, and, and so me. Is that a pretty good impression? Yeah. So I went for that Rodeo 5, and I didn't quite make it. 
in a, a rodeo five, which is a three sixty. It's just a backflip and a five forty. So my board was facing straight downhill. So my body wants to backflip, and my board went straight into the snow. So it shot me the opposite way. So my rib actually hit my kidney and caused me to bleed internally. And at first, I was like, Johnstone, Johnstone, like, I, I broke my ribs. This hurt so bad, I broke my ribs. And at first, we just went back to our, our little place, our little casita, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we went back there, and he was, he was very attentive to me. He was, you know, he stopped his snowboarding just to make sure that I was okay. And, uh, and every, I knew I was hurting because every, every time I woke up, I would pass out and I'd wake up. But every time I wake up, I would puke. So I knew I had a concussion. So I'd wake up, puke, wake up, puke, pass out, wake up, puke. That's and really bad. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really bad. And then eventually I had to pee. <sighs> it was blood. Did you get, I mean, like, how how lucid were you at this point mentally? Uh, well, I was definitely lucid, just like, I felt, like, out of it. Yeah. But then when you see blood coming out of that Did you area, get terrified? I was terrified, and I was, like, just right then, just like, uh, John Stone, we need to do something right now. Like, this is not normal. Yeah. Um, and then John Stone, um was right up to it and he was like yep we got to get you I'm like we're going to get you down the hospital but from uh from where we were from el colorado down santiago was a super crazy windy road um and our buddy i don't remember his name right now but uh, i was put in the back of a pickup truck open What's no, the exterior? No, what's the outside temperature at this point? Oh, it didn't. I, it didn't register with me. I, that wasn't my. Concern. No, I'm just out of curiosity. No, I have no idea. It was definitely cold. But, but like, what's normal for that area? It was middle of winter. I don't know. It was. I've never spent any time down there, so I I don't really have any idea like what's like. No, it was just typical winter. And uh, and so uh, as we were going down this rocky road, took 45 minutes. Well, that's a typical time. Takes 45 minutes to get down a bunch of switchbacks, a bumpy switchback, and every single bump just killed so bad. And eventually, we made it to the hospital, and my host family got wind that no, I got injured. So they met me at the uh, at the hospital, and they were all in tears. And I was just trying to say, "Hey, it's okay. It's not your fault. No big deal. This was my fault." <laughs> they were in tears, and uh, and then after that, um, I went into the. 
weeks to wait and make sure that I was healed because I guess the way the best way to describe it was like a banana peel. Um, like say so your kidney has a sack around it, and so my set, like the sack. <laughs> That almost sounded really bad. <laughs> around your kidney <laughs> didn't break, but the inside was bleeding. So they had to drain it. And they just did ultrasounds to make sure that there was progress being made. Crazy. And, and that was definitely my gnarliest injury, but also at the same time, one of the happiest moments of my life, meeting Jake Burton while I was down there in Chile was absolutely amazing, which was, again, was an accident. It was probably my, my first year in Chile, and I didn't know that you could go from El Colorado to Portillo to Valle Nevado. I didn't know when lifts closed. So I accidentally went to the Valle Nevado side. El Colorado, like just to paint a picture, um, La Parva is to the left. El Colorado is in the center. And um, Valle Nevado is on your right. And I didn't... I didn't realize there, there, are no, there are no boundaries. They don't have. They don't call their name. They don't call their runs by name. It's just numbers and just random things. And I accidentally went over to Ryan Nevado's side to the right, and I was actually stuck. And I had to call my host family. And I had to say, "Hey, I'm." So sorry, I'm stuck at Valle Nevado. Can you pick me up? <laughs> and it just so happens that Elena Height, Mikael Bang, Jake Burton, Luke Matroni, and a handful of other guys were sessioning. Manuel Diaz, who was actually um, he was actually one of the first ones that responded to my my head injury gave me the best advice ever which was just respect yourself and they were there and so I got to meet Jake Burton shook his hand and I was like wow this is incredible and he was super nice he's a great guy so rest in peace Jake Burton uh, but it was just totally an accident. And that's, I mean, it's nothing crazy exciting, but that's how I met Jake Burton. Was, went on the wrong side of the track, and there he was. Uh, okay, so, so Burton, they, um, they bought out the half pipe. It was known in Chile that the half pipe only opens if somebody, if somebody rich is willing to use the pipe dragon to deform the pipe and make it good. And that was the bird snowboard team. So they were there. 
tried really hard to be vegan because they had all this food and they had, uh, you know, heaters and everything. Didn't work out, but I tried. <laughs> what you? I mean, like, how? What, how was it? Like, there's lots of security, and they were like Burton only. Oh, they were all in like headsets and everything. Just like, who are you with? Are you part of the Burton team? And I lied at first. Just, oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm here. <laughs> 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 They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> but it did take them a good two or three minutes for them to realize that I wasn't part of the Burton team. I mean. Too bad that Jake didn't walk by in the meantime and be like, there he is, come on in here. Yeah, it was a super great time. I mean, it was super fun. Um, I mean, just I think it just goes to show where, like, when you make a mistake, it can become, like, something amazing, which I guess I'll lead on to my most recent thing with the getting into Woodward. Um, Park City Woodward just opened up just a year ago and that was amazing. Woodward has an extraordinary name and if you have a Woodward in your area you have the access to the best facilities possible. There's nothing better than Woodward. Um, And so during the day it was just open, you know, welcome. We're, we're just grand opening. Welcome, check, check out the facility. Um, see what it's all about. It's no big, you know, just... What is it all about? It was, it was open to the public. So they've got mountain biking, they've got snowboarding, they've got skiing, they've, got, they've even got um, trampoline guys, they've got gymnastics, they've even got parkour. It's got everything possible. It's seriously the six flags of any ex- of any uh, it's the six flags of any anybody that wants to go upside down or anybody that just is not afraid of air, just X Games athletes type style. I mean, like, so when I was there, so I didn't realize at the time that it was open for the public, and then, but after 5 o'clock, it was, it was VIP only. I didn't realize that. I just walked in willy-nilly, just like... Like you own the place. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I wasn't trying to sneak in. I, I just thought that hey, this is still open, I'm going to go check out the place. I just got off of work, I'm going to go check out the area and see what it's all about. And so after about the clock, it was VIP, which was Tony Hawk, Travis Pastrana, Ken Block, Ryan Nyquist, it was seriously everybody that I promised that you grew up looking up to. They were all there. So 
from riding BMX to snowboarding, skateboarding. Red Gerard was there, even though he's only like 16, 17. I don't, I don't even know how old he is. But he was there, Sage Kotzenberg, but he's local here, so we're used to seeing him around. Um, so I had no idea. Danny Davis, um, like huge names, like um, John Johnson, um, the Olympic gold gold medalist, female. Mm. Um, I know that's wrong, um, but um, you know, like Olympic people were were out here, and and they're, they're passing out champagne with like lobster tail. Okay. It was great. It was, a, it was such an amazing night. And then I ended up meeting Danny Davis. And he was one of the coolest people out there. He was so nice. Like, it wasn't just like, you know, take a picture and, you know, thank you so much. You know, I'm a big fan. He's just a stand-up guy that we got to actually have a conversation. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, Matt Hoffman, all those guys were there, and it was Woodward Park City opening. He was absolutely incredible. And Travis Pastrana's kids were just jumping on trampolines up and down, just having a great time. It was, it was insane. This is a place that you should be. At this point in our interview... There was an interruption organically, um, and we were cut short. But so, actually, apologies to Jake for not being able to finish that interview. But we will have him on again. You know, I actually have a lot more to talk about. We got into it on the phone the other day, and we were. But I have these conversations with my friends, and we're both like, "Ah, there was this is material. This should be on the show." So look forward to Jake coming back soon. All right, we are going to pivot one final time and move to the electronic music and uh, it's a pretty crazy story about this set sometimes I don't share my synchronicities because I I definitely don't share the super deep important ones and I don't think you should either they're special for you but I want to share this one because it this whole podcast came together very organically I only put the Kanye part in there because hold up wait a minute mentioned me uh and then it's the winter and i've been snowboarding and so when i went to test this dj set i got to go snowboarding for the exercise that i tested now normally all last year all my sets were worked out while running in other words i'll take them and i'll mix a dj set and i'll go out it takes like an hour to do and then i'll go out and run for an hour and listen to it and I'll know immediately the parts that don't work are, are fucked up. So, you know, I like to get pretty crazy when I record these. It kind of tops out a lot. But I'll tell you, they, they work. And, and the reason they work is that they capture your mind while you're exercising. And exercising, when you push it to a certain point, gets pretty hard on your body. And your body keeps starts saying, stop, relax, or slow down. Or maybe you just want to get into, in the case of snowboarding, it just puts you in the flow state different sense but when you're trail running the idea is it will grab you and help you keep going so 
when I went to Schweitzer, Idaho and tested this set out, Mount Schweitzer has a huge amount of terrain and I dropped into a, an incredible tree run, super steep, extremely deep powder. There was warning about tree wells um, all over the place. That's how much, you know, these guys get insane amounts of snow. You can tell it in the building style. It's awesome. I have a Jeep Wrangler still slipping around. I mean, like the conditions were all time. And I rode up with a dude who's like, yeah, man, I've, I've been here for 10 years and I've seen this day like 12 times. He's a bluebird. They just got in a couple feet. This is just like last week. <laughs> and uh, I dropped in listening to the song and it got so heavy for emotional for me, I had to stop. And that's when you can go see the video on my Instagram that I took. I just kind of looked around and then I continued, but I'm excited to share it with you because this is a song that I wrote for a feature film that I kept hidden because, uh, I don't know, I don't know why. I don't want people to know about it because I, I thought it might prevent me from making the feature one day. I still want to make the feature, you know, I've written it. And so here's the title track. It's pretty intense for me. I think it's going to be intense for you. Only listen to it if you're training. This is a sacred song, folks. Don't listen to it if you're just like hanging out. Until after you've listened to it for the first time training. Because you will never get that first time back. The first time you hear a song, if you get to train to it, there's no substitute for that. Especially with electronic music. If you're just starting to train with electronic music, it's like anything else. There's a learning curve. You're going to have to get your tolerance. And you have to just keep doing it. And then once you keep doing it for a while, it becomes synergistic. And it becomes incredible. More than the sum of its parts, somehow. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. If you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at maverickmatthews.com. Thank you for indulging this uh, fur. Thank you for indulging this podcast. All these crazy ideas, this very avant-garde experiment we're both involved in. But this is our tribe. So thank you for being here. Here we go. Maverick Matthews, pepper for your steak.
Point two.
Congratulations, you have finished another workout. This is really something to be proud of, okay? So, wunderbar!